Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rust Report on the Bet 1520. Our guest today is popular congressman from New York State, upstate, western New York, Chris Jacobs. He comes from a very distinguished family. I had the pleasure of working with his mother for 12 years at Damon College, Pam Jacobs, when she was on the board of trustees at Damon College in Amherst, New York. Congressman Chris Jacobs was elected to the 116th Congress in July of 2020. He proudly represents New York's 27th congressional district encompassing Erie, Niagara, Ontario, Orleans, Wyoming, Livingston, Genesee, and Monroe counties. Congressman Jacobs currently serves on the House Committee on Agriculture and the House Committee on the Budget for the 117th Congress. He had a tough race to get where he is. He won a lot of races former Erie County clerk, member of the school board in Buffalo, a very gifted man, Congressman Chris Jacobs. Let's talk about these vaccine mandates. It seems that President Biden has had a lot of problems with courts overturning his decisions with federal contractors, that they cannot mandate these vaccine requirements. Uh, You're uh, very different from the president of the United States on these vaccine mandates. Tell us about where you stand, Congressman Chris Jacobs. Uh, yeah, thank you, Brian. Thank you for the opportunity to be on uh, your show. Uh, I uh, I have really stated that, uh, you know, I'm vaccinated, uh, and I, uh, I encourage every individual to, you know, consult with their physician, their personal physician, and make the decision that's right for them. They, uh, but... Uh, I am not for mandates. I am not for lockdowns. I uh, I don't think they're American. Uh, I don't think they're effective. And I think we've you know we've seen the the, the data that shows lockdowns uh, have not been effective. We did that um, last year, and really uh, no no difference was seen from uh, what we're doing uh, now. Uh, I, I, again, believe that the idea of vaccine mandates is uh, governmental overreach. Uh, and uh, I, I just feel that the way to go is to continue to educate, to inform, and allow uh, ad- adults in our society to be responsible adults to make 
make uh, the decision that's right for them. And, you know, the overwhelming majority of our citizenry have decided to to choose uh, uh, vaccination. I, I believe in our area, well over 80 percent of uh, adults are have at least one shot. Uh, and now, as you mentioned, uh, that concern of myself and others that uh, these actions by the Biden administration, the mandate private employers uh, to have to va- uh, mandate their employees vaccinated uh, to uh, and, and health care providers and others uh, that uh, the courts have now weighed in and said um, that the, there's a problem. It's a thing called the Constitution uh, that the Biden administration is uh, and does not have uh, the right to to impose these things. So uh, at this point in time, nearly every effort he has had to do these mandates have been blunted at the court level. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing. I think we continue to, uh, on the path that we've seen that's been effective of people making decisions that are good for them, of educating themselves, and uh, the, uh, the governmental entities providing good information, not politicized information, and people will make the right decision for them. Uh, so uh, here we are. The Biden administration's efforts have been blunted uh, by the courts at multiple levels, and I believe they will continue to be uh, because of the fact that they are, are, are unconstitutional. Let's talk about local home rule. We've seen in western New York, and you hail from western New York, and uh, your uncle is one of the biggest employers in western New York with Delaware North. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, a great businessman and owner of the Boston Bruins. We've seen um, a local, uh, let's say, disaffection with these uh, uh, mandates. We've seen uh, Marilla. Village of Williamsville with Mayor Deb Rogers, uh, town of Grand Island, town of West Seneca say, we don't want these mandates anymore. People can make their own decisions. And just a few days ago, 500 people had a protest at the Rath Building downtown against all these uh, mandates. So are you seeing local home rule challenging all these mandates uh, in western New York? I am. We, we've gotten many, many calls uh, from constituents, and I know talking to my uh, colleagues and partners in local government, the county level and the state level, uh, they have gotten even more. Uh, people are, are, uh, are fed up. They are, they are fed up with this, and uh, they, uh, you know, I, I think in particular the county executive um, stating that uh, he would consider uh, – going towards uh, lockdowns again or uh, capacity limits or closures of, of businesses again, it, you know, if, uh, if the, uh, the uh, COVID rate peaked up to a certain amount. And again, uh, we've seen that mandates and lockdowns are ineffective. And uh, uh, this COVID, COVID is going to be with us in some shape or, or form at some level. For a long time, we're going to have to learn to co- live with it and, and do what we can to combat it. But we can no longer shut down and penalize businesses. And when I, I talked to a lot of um, business owners, restaurant owners, uh, we had a lot of closures of businesses, the restaurants in particular, uh, over the last year and a half. But I tell you, um, there's businesses that are just hanging on, trying, you know, one last gasp. To, to get back into operation 
and uh, any discussion of uh, uh, lockdowns, closure, um, I, I just fear that we're going to see a whole new slew of closures. And uh, the devastation will be very significant on personal livelihood, uh, people losing their businesses, losing their homes. Uh, far more devastating than, than uh, a COVID uh, increase, which we have the ability to com- combat with with vaccines and with therapeutics and other things. So uh, we just should not, that should not be on the table anymore. That should be just clear from the leadership. And that's in my message. Let's compare New York State to uh, Florida. Um, it, it, it's really amazing that it seems that there was the herd immunity taking place in Florida. Governor Santa DeSantis did not have these mandates. Let it run through the population. Now they have some of the lowest COVID rates in the country, and they have 2 million more people in Florida than living in New York State. And here we have much higher uh, problems with uh, COVID. So was didn't DeSantis do the right thing and let the people be free? And I understand Florida, business is booming there. 2,000 yeah. people a week are moving to Florida. 1,000 yeah. a week are leaving New York State. So didn't Florida get it right? Well, Florida's got it right in a lot of ways. It was interesting. I, I unfortunately couldn't attend, but uh, Governor DeSantis was up for an event about three three months ago. Mm-hmm. And talk, I, my understanding talked a bit about COVID. And he, he said, you guys are going to have another uptick uh, up here in the fall. It just, it's going to happen. COVID's moving. It does this. It, it, it does what it does. Um, it, and, uh, you know, don't get into this lockdown mandate thing again. It's just not going to be effective in common. You have to do with it another way. You have to learn that it's going to come. There's going to be periodic upticks. You, you deal with it, as, as, but you continue to keep your society open. You keep your schools open. You keep your your restaurants open and your hospitals open. And uh, uh, that's what he's done down there. And I'll tell you, you know, just more broadly, um, his economic policies, the way he operates government, that he doesn't uh, find every way under the sun to tax and regulate the citizenry has resulted in such a dramatic growth. I mean, we had, I think, last year at this time, the Department of Motor Vehicles in um, in Florida said they had 30,000 New Yorkers, 30,000 New Yorkers who had uh, changed their driver's license from New York to, to Florida, uh, just in that small amount of time. Uh, but it, it's just amazing that our leadership in New York State just seems uh, to have a tenure to that and no no adjustment no adjustment in their policies uh, like hey we are losing population here um you know people are voting with their feet but yet what did we do this year we raised taxes again uh and we continue to regulate uh and and we continue to use uh covid as an excuse to further regulate uh so um you know that's why i'm i'm very supportive of uh, lee zeldin for governor i think that uh uh, we're at the last stage of this state that we need new leadership. We need to. Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm sorry. We had to take a little break here. You're listening to the bet 1520 blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Our guest is popular 
Congressman from Western New York, Chris Jacobs. If you're listening in Orchard Park, Toronto, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note listening to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power as we have received letters at the station as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand being clear channel. Please write to Brian Rusk, and that's at the Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. A little bit more information about United States Congressman Chris Jacobs. Prior to serving in the House of Representatives, Chris Jacobs served as a New York State Senator, Erie County Clerk, and as a member of the Buffalo School Board. After college, Chris's first job was working in Washington, D.C. for HUD Secretary Jack Kemp, the former Buffalo Congressman and Buffalo Bills quarterback. Chris Jacobs also founded the Bison Scholarship Fund to promote educational opportunity for Western New York students. And as Chris Jacobs is half Polish, he will like this notice here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to go back now, Congressman Jacobs, to what you mentioned about raising New York State taxes. You're a former state senator, and I cannot get it with these billions of dollars of federal aid going into New York State. Why, in God's name, do we have to have an increase in spending and taxes in New York State government? It seems that there's a great disconnect here. Either things should remain flat or reduced when they're getting these billions of dollars in federal aid. Congressman Jacobs. Yeah, Brian, I just wanted to mention one uh, one thing uh, on your discussion of the AMPO Legal, such right. a great publication. And um, and they have uh, voiced our, against our, mandates. They've had editorials yeah, against mandates, yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, our Polish heritage, and uh, I, this, this past week, uh, last week rather, I co-sponsored a piece of le- legislation that was introduced by uh, Congresswoman Salazar, who is a new member of Congress from Florida. Uh, she is of Cuban heritage. And the legislation would, uh, is, was dealing with communism. And what it will do is it mandates the Federal Department of Education to develop a curriculum about communism and the evils of communism and the devastation of communism, the history of communism, the amount of death and despair and destruction uh, to lives and to, to civilizations uh, during the, the, the time of its ideology, and, um, and making that on a voluntary basis available to every single school district around the country. Uh, because what we're seeing is a very high, uh, polling is showing a very high, a disturbing statistic mm-hmm. that a, a relatively high percentage of young people think communism is kind of a neat idea, and they don't realize because of the, um, the leftward lurch of our educational institutions, they don't realize the devastation that, uh, that communism has wreaked 
throughout Eastern Europe, throughout Cuba, uh, throughout so many other societies. Uh, and, and now we have a real threat in the, uh, in the communist uh, empire of uh, China and what they, their growth plans uh, and their efforts to continue to assert their ideology around the world, including here in the United States. So I, I just wanted to uh, touch on that, as you mentioned, about our Polish heritage. Right. Um, it never worked and it never will. Communism. Exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. We're um, gonna, you're going to talk about the raising of state taxes when billions of yeah, dollars of federal yeah, aid are so, coming to New York State. So the last COVID package, which was the only one that uh, every other COVID package was passed on a bipartisan basis, this one uh, that was the most recent one was passed, $1.9 trillion, was passed um, slow, uh, on a complete partisan basis, uh, rammed through by uh, the Democratic leadership. No one put on the uh, from the Republican side, and our message was: Look, the economy's coming back, but we don't need such a broad-based uh, uh, COVID relief, especially when only about 10 percent of it truly was for COVID. The rest of it was a, a wish list of liberal agenda items. And uh, and our unfortunately, our concerns uh, were founded because what it did was it caused rampant inflation. Uh, it continued to incentivize making it more lucrative for people to stay at home rather than go and work, which can, uh, contributed to the massive labor shortage that we had and really set uh, the uh, road for the tax that everybody's experiencing right now, which is Joe Biden's inflation tax, which you see every day when you go to the grocery store or you fill up your gas tank and a gas is about a dollar more, a dollar 30 more a gallon than it was a year, just a year ago. Um, so what we've seen now is states like California and New York, who um, were really flush with cash already, got all this federal money. And what are they doing with it? They're spending under, uh, for very dumb things. Uh, and they're, in addition, they raise taxes locally. So what we're going to see is that we're going to see uh, uh, salaries go up at a, at a, at a governmental level, uh, wages go up uh, for our, our government employees. And two, three years from now, when that money's dry uh, for the federal government, that's going to be an, uh, basically an unfunded mandate on local governments and get ready for your local taxes to go up. Um, so uh, it, it's going to be very destructive in many ways. And uh, it was just bad public policy. Uh, it's, uh, it, that, I guess that's the only consistency I've seen in the Biden administration is bad, very destructive public policy in this administration. We're going to talk a little bit more about one issue in just a moment. Our guest today is popular U.S. congressman from western New York, Chris Jacobs. And as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada, we'd like to hear from you. And letters are always welcome from our Canadian and European listeners. Please write to Brian Rusk, The Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 140. Two two six. A little bit more information about Congressman Chris Jacobs. He is also a small business owner working to revitalize Western New York communities and provide spaces for other small businesses to thrive. He's a graduate of Boston College, American University Business School, and SUNY Buffalo Law School. He lives in Orchard Park with his wife Martina and daughter Anna, and I believe there's another baby on the way pretty soon, right? Yeah. Yes, pretty soon. Pretty okay, soon. very good. Well, we wish much health and happiness to the Thank Jacobs you. family. 
Now, let's uh, talk about something you mentioned in a speech, and I was there in Manhattan, and you spoke for five or six minutes about this crisis at the southern border. Here, we can't go to Canada back and forth for a week without COVID tests, but we're talking about perhaps in the last uh, tw- uh, 12 months, um, 2 million people coming and illegally, and I don't believe they're tested at all for COVID, and God only knows what drugs are being brought into this country through the southern border. You were there. You saw it. Correct. What did you see at the southern border, Congressman Chris Jacobs? Uh, thank you. I, I, I think this is a, a, an existential threat to our nation, uh, a, a national security threat. Um, it also uh, is a, uh, a human, humanitarian crisis uh, for these people lured by drug lords uh, and coyotes and cartels. Uh, I've been down to the southern border now three times. Uh, I believe in seeing things firsthand. Uh, that's why I went down, because that's how I think you really see what's going on. Uh, we, you know, I actually went down when I was running for Congress uh, at the point in time when the Trump uh, uh, border policies had been fully instituted and the border was really under control. The wall was being built. The message was sent um, that the wall was being built. Uh, the policies of the Remain in Mexico policy, where people no longer were getting the catch and release uh, policies of the Obama administration, had been eradicated. And uh, uh, it really had brought control and sanity to that border. And, uh, you know, it was amazing in the first couple days of the Biden administration, he undid that with executive orders. He stopped the uh, completion of the border wall. I mean, he even, the border wall was built. It just hadn't been installed, the remaining parts of it. And he told the contractors, don't put it up. But he still paid the contractors. He paid the contractors not to do the job. Um, uh, But also, he ended the remaining Mexico policy. And also just the rhetoric during the campaign of open borders. Uh, They knew uh, it was time to go. And the cartels, Uh, got to work, and uh, we've had record rates in the hundreds of thousands every single month that's come over this border. And as you mentioned, uh, the the poor Border Patrol, border agents, and local uh, communities that are dealing with the onset around the the southern border, uh, the chaos, the high-speed car chases day in, day out, uh, finding dead bodies of uh, people in, in trucks that are hidden. I mean, it's just it's just terrible. Uh, as you mentioned about COVID, uh, there is no testing that, that that's going on. And, you know, when I flew back uh, from the southern border, there was illegal immigrants on my flight. I mean, No, really? Illegal yeah, immigrants. So- I thought you had to have a driver's license or a passport to get on a plane. Nope. They were, they were there. They were there with their packets. And they were going to all going into the interior of the United States who knows where. And this is every single day, every single day this is happening. And uh, so, you know, the Buffalo News criticized me saying, why are you going down there? How does it impact NY27? Well, uh, look, I'm a national, uh, I'm a federal federal representative, right. so I should be concer- concerned about national issues. But also, we have a opioid crisis uh, mm-hmm. of death right. and destruction. Uh, and fentanyl is what the substance now that is killing so many of our young people. 
uh, throughout the United States and here. I think we're at record rates in western New York. Where's that fentanyl coming from? It's coming from the southern border. And these, these cartels are making money on both sides. They are bringing these um, uh, illegal aliens over. And what you'll see when you talk to Border Patrol is they will dump several hundred uh, uh, illegal aliens at one, at one place where, the, where there's no wall. And these people have been out for, you know, three weeks going up from South America, where they're coming from. So it's a humanitarian crisis. So the Border Patrol agents rush over to do their 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 job, right? And then they have no staff uh, to go over a mile down the road where the cartels are bringing all the drugs over. So they're making money on both sides of this. Um, they're the they are winning every day, and uh, we are we are uh, a complicit with this. And so the Biden administration uh, just recently it, the courts ruled mm-hmm. that they violated the law uh, by undoing the Trump policy and the court is mandating them to put back the Trump policies that were so effective. Um, But uh, I'll tell you, they won't be, they won't enforce them because they, they, they have embraced open borders. They have embraced it. It's an intentional goal of theirs. Uh, And uh, so until uh, we get new leadership in, in the white house, uh, we're going to have a real problem with the the, the border patrol uh, border issue that's going on at the at the southern border. Let's talk. We have a few minutes left about the hypocrisy. I know you, in a bipartisan manner, have been working with Congressman Higgins to open up the Canadian border, and now it's 72 hours. You can go over, but over that, you have to have these COVID tests. So, how? hypocritical is it that to go to Canada for a week you have to spend a couple hundred dollars on these COVID tests but on the other hand not only are they coming in from the southern border with no testing but then they're getting on a flight and I have to show a passport or driver's license to get on the flight and these people have neither talk about the hypocrisy please it, uh, it, it is and that's what you know we've heard from you know, we we know Brian that uh, we are one, uh, two nations, one region in this area. Right. Uh, we've always been that way, uh, both in terms of business, commerce, tourism, uh, families. My my mother-in-law lives in uh, the Kitchener area. Um, we didn't see her for a year and a half because she couldn't come down here yet. Uh, and you know, she was vaccinated. You know, she couldn't come down here. Um, and uh, uh, but yet, but yet, every day, hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens come over the border and are, are basically welcomed here and processed and given. Uh, you know, just recently, the uh, the proposal from the Build Back Better program will uh, allow uh, child tax credits to go to illegal, uh, the children of illegal aliens. Well, so, how? Know, well, let's stop right there. Here we have illegal people driving. Now in New York City, they want the illegals to vote. And now they want to give them federal tax credits, and they're here illegally. Illegally, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, this is why this is this is not just there's rampant incompetence in the Biden administration. Uh, but I've gotten to the point of believing this is beyond that. That this is really a goal of the uh, leftists who are very, very influential in the administration of Joe Biden. Uh, one last question. We have a minute left. Um, when people come here illegally, and I guess the families have been broken up, but they here are here illegally, how can we justify rewarding illegal behavior with $450,000 
proposed to be given to these people when they break the law? Well, that, that, that's really, you know, uh, such an atrocity uh, that, and that uh, as you, you are correct, that they are in the midst of settlement negotiations to families that uh, were separated, who, who came into this country illegally, knowing they were coming in illegally, and now uh, we want the, the United States taxpayer to give them $450,000. You know, that's more than uh, a, uh, a family would get, far more than a family would get if... Uh, one of, one of their, uh, their sons or daughters died in, in, in you know, in battle uh, wearing the United States uniform. Horrible. I have to bring this program to a close. We thank uh, our very gifted congressman for enlightening us. Special thanks to Kevin Carr for being our director of production for 15 years and George McInerney with Congressman Jacobs' staff for arranging this show, show. Thank you for enlightening us. United States Congressman Chris thank Jacobs. You, thank you, Brian. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.